Hey guys, this is Wildcat Chris Harris, TNA original and one half of six-time TNA World Tag Team Champions, America's Most Wanted. You are listening to the TNA Cross the Line Podcast. TNA Wrestling, Cross the Line. And we're back with episode 189 of the TNA Crossline Podcast. I am Bob Collins Jr. With me, as always, is Dallas Gridley. And Dallas, it is the go-home show before Unbreakable. And it is also the end of an era. It's the end of the Internet Impact era, although they were also on Sun Sports for whatever. But we're wrapping up the Fox Sports Net slash Internet era. Thank God. TNA, which lasted from June 2004 until September 2005. And then after Unbreakable, we have about three weeks, I think. Yeah, it's, about, it's like roughly three weeks. Yeah. It's, yeah. 18, I, I look about seven times a day, I think, and like still don't remember. Yeah, so we've got about three weeks, and then we are on a network that has impact wrestling for what almost 10 years yeah spike yeah TV. it's pretty cool actually um yeah, I'm, I'm actually i'm really pretty excited about it um just in general here uh it's gonna be a really good time and uh don't you guys worry we've mentioned it before we didn't mention it on the last week episode but we will be doing a few bonus episodes um that will release in those time in that time that we're off essentially um but we will talk about that actually at unbreakable our episode that comes on just two days so you're going to want to listen to that and uh we will probably post a schedule of what's coming out and when um after that episode is released so stay tuned for what we're covering i think if you are a hardcore tna fan you should have a pretty good idea of at least one of the things that we'll be doing but if you don't Keep listening. It's going to be a good time. And then, yeah, October 1st, we're on uh, Spike TV, and we will probably be uh, releasing our episodes on Sundays going forward because guess what? They're going to start coming out um, a day later, at least for a while. So that should be fun. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. Start your Sunday right with Sunday Impact. That's right. TNA action um okay so uh on today's episode we do know that we have a big main event match uh which is well i guess we don't know if it's the main event but uh raven and sabu against abyss and rhino we also have the finals of the chris candido memorial cup tournament taking place and uh, that's about all we know the winner of that match is going to be going to unbreakable uh, but before we dive into news and notes, and boy, do we got some pretty interesting ones today. Uh, let's run past the card of what we just watched last week. Uh, first up, we saw Alex Shelley and Sean Walton defeat Conan and Lance Hoyt in four minutes and 22 seconds to move on in the Chris Candido Memorial Cup tournament. After Kip James got involved, and it was lots of fun. Then, in a shocking 
uh, match. Shark Boy defeated the X Division champion Christopher Daniels, non-title. Six minutes thirty-nine seconds after AJ Styles came out and distracted Daniels, and Shark Boy got a roll-up. Then we saw Chris Sabin and Shocker defeat Ron Killings and Sanjay Dutton seven minutes forty-nine seconds to move on to the finals as well in the Chris Candido Memorial Cup tournament. Then we saw Monty Brown versus Sonny Saki go to a no contest in a minute 45 seconds after Kip got involved in that one as well. And then they brawled on the outside. They used some chairs and lots of all fun stuff like that. And finally, the main event. James Storm with Chris Harrison said, defeated the one half of the NWA Tag Team Champions, the Naturals, Chase Stevens with Andy Douglas and Jimmy Hart ringside in eight minutes, 39 seconds. And a boy was the ending of that. Pretty interesting, was it not, Bob? Yeah, no, uh, the um, little laugh that Chris Harris, friend of the show, a man that we interviewed, he took time out several months ago to chat with us for a couple hours, and we will hopefully have him back to talk about 2005. Uh, uh, yes, yes. Um, but the way that he laughed is it gotta be an indicator of some attitude changes coming for America's Most Wanted because he looked pretty heelish to me. Yeah, and uh, Dave Meltzer even makes a note about this. And now, during these four weeks at a time tapings, he doesn't really have a lot to say about a lot of these shows. Uh, if you guys haven't noticed that, we don't really read his notes about the shows because there's not really anything to read. Uh, but he does actually call this out. And he mentions that Chris Harrison and James Storm looked to be going heel based on TV that aired um, on September 2nd. He does note, he does note also it was one hour late on Sun Sports without any warning, which is interesting. So they actually aired it later than they were supposed to. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, we mentioned the match, but uh, Harris interfered and put Storm on top for the pin and was totally heelish in doing so and laughing about it when it was over. Uh, it's been known since January that AMW had been wanting to turn. Harris has also at times pushed for a breakup, apparently. Um, and they teased a split a few months ago when they were starting on the losing streak gimmick, but they stopped the whole angle cold. So right. they're going more on the heel side rather than the split, which is smarter, if you ask me. I don't, yeah, I don't think you can split them right now. No, I don't think there's a point in doing that. So pretty interesting. Should be interesting as we see that moving forward. Uh, so today should be uh, a lot of fun, but before we get into the show, we have a pretty lengthy, I would ca consider this a few-parter note. I mean, it's all sort of related. Um, and then it, it starts with one thing that's pretty big, and then it goes into some Spike TV stuff. So let's just get into it, Bob, because this just absolutely blew my mind when I was uh, reading the notes for the show. Let me make sure I'm at the right point. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Spike TV has made several new moves, um, as we uh, sort of even started discussing last week. They've added a last-minute live UFC uh, television special on the October 3rd to go head-to-head -head with Raw debut on the USA Network. So Bob mentioned this big episode uh, last week. Now, WWE, in response, has greatly upgraded the talent roster for the first show. Ooh, pretty interesting. Um, they are also giving TNA a second time slot at 12.05 a.m. directly after the Ultimate Fighter on Monday. So, so it's you, just a rerun. It's going to be a rerun, yes. But 
Uh, these have added to what was already going to be a major industry changes of WWE to USA, SmackDown to Friday, and TNA getting national exposure with the Spike deal. So there's a lot of crazy wrestling uh, stuff moving around right now. Now, um, he mentions that it'll be very interesting how WWE plays the October 3rd debut on USA because they got names like Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, Vince McMahon, Mick Foley, and Triple H are all scheduled to appear live in Dallas as performers on the show. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty big lineup already, right? Yeah, it's pretty Now, he also notes that the other thing to watch in the first two weeks is how WWE handles the overrun. Will WWE and USA go longer than usual to keep his audience from switching to Spike when the show is over as revenge for the counter-programming in the TNA commercials during Raw and other WWE programs over the past week? The impression that Day says that we've been given is that the Ultimate Fighter would start at 11.05 on Mondays, um, starting on October 10th. And the October 3rd ones will air once the special ends, essentially. Um, so with the idea that the large group of wrestling fans are used to seeing the show could watch Raw in USA, then switch over. Uh, Vince flipped out, apparently, on August 29th when they aired the TNA commercial during Raw uh, for the first time. And apparently headsets were thrown. So it's being reported. So. Is he afraid of some? Is he afraid of TNA? I don't know. I think he might um, might be, at least to a degree, because listen to this. Bob, oh You maybe you knew this. Okay. I didn't know this. And uh, this is a long one, but I'll pause so we can take it in once I start. So uh, Mick Foley's name being brought up is most interesting, Dave says, about being on Raw, because he had verbally agreed to a deal with TNA within the past week. Foley was scheduled to show up unannounced to confront Jeff Jarrett during the first show on Spike. Uh, Foley has been in negotiations with WWE since at least June, around the time of the ECW pay-per-view. So we can pause right there and take that in for a second. Foley was going to appear, verbally agreed, to come to TNA. I did not know that. In 2005. That is freaking crazy to me. Yeah. I wonder if Foley even remembers that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so he goes on to, to elaborate further. I just feel like it keeps getting more interesting. <laughs> so, uh, in fact, Foley, after agreeing to the deal, which would have included occasional matches for DNA, the first one being against Samoa Joe on pay-per-view. Oh, my God. Went to call McMahon because he wanted to tell him before word leaked out. McMahon wasn't happy, and the two had a lengthy conversation with McMahon being uh, persuasive, uh, noting he considered WWE as Foley's home, and that McMahon changed the perception of what he considered a wrestling star to look like, which set the table for Foley's career to take off. It was also noted that WWE was the more stable organization, and there's no guarantee that TNA would be around long term. Ultimately, after several phone calls with McMahon, Foley called Jarrett, who was doing the, the bulk of the negotiating, and told him that he was going back to WWE. Foley has said that the money figure he went back for was the same figure that he and McMahon had been talking about all along anyways, and it wasn't playing one side against the other, although Panda officials apparently believe that they may have been the case. Apparent proof Foley was serious about going to TNA is that he did a taped television appearance promoting his new novel, done before he signed with WWE, but airing afterwards. Uh, he does believe that this was on ESPN's Cold Pizza, or ESPN 2's Cold Pizza. Um, and when asked about wrestling in the future, he said he would uh, he would be doing so, and he expected his next match would be against Samoa Joe. Huh. 
uh, McMahon compromised uh, and fully was given more creative liberties with his ideas and more structures with how he'd be used, as well as the freedom to do any outside projects without company approval. He also would be getting weekly paychecks, uh, essentially giving him more security that he wanted with the freedom of doing other things. And that's why it fell apart. Uh, he ended up fulfilling commitments with Ring of Honor and other indie stuff. But yeah, can you believe this, dude? I mean, this is just crazy to me. I'm trying to wrap my head around a Samoa Joe McFoley match. In 2005. Yeah. That's crazy. That's that's insane. Yeah. So he goes back to Deadly, and then does he even do anything? Well, he has the WrestleMania 22 match. With oh yes. Oh yeah, that one's good as fuck. Yeah. Okay, I forgot about that. Year wise, I just get the years mixed up. Yeah. So that's the first. Is that thing. it though? Is that like the only like big thing he does when he comes back? Or stays, I should say. I don't know. Uh, you know what? I feel like I recently looked at this. I just, like, don't remember. I don't remember much after, the, like, the Orton feud. Right. So I know, like, he's involved in, like, a scramble thing. Like, well, I guess in, 2000, in 2006, I guess there is, like, the second one-night stand. He does do that. Yeah. All right. So he... Oh, okay. So he wrestles at Taboo Tuesday first against Whoa. Carlito as Mankind. Okay. And then a Holiday with the Troops special. He wrestles JBL in a No Holds Barred match, which goes less than three minutes. So I think he just beats him up. Wow. Okay. And then he doesn't wrestle again until. WrestleMania 22 against Edge. Uh, and then May 8th, he he and Edge defeat Tommy Dreamer in a hardcore triple threat. Then there's One Night Stand. Mm-hmm. Then there's Vengeance, two weeks after One Night Stand, when he fought Ric Flair. Best two out of three fall. SummerSlam 06, I quit match against Flair. I don't remember that. So the SummerSlam 06 match is his last match until June of 2007 when he wrestles Umaga. And then he does does the Night of Champions five-way no-DQ match involving Cena, Lashley, King Booker, and Orton. And he's in that? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And then he fought Coach on SmackDown in 2007. And then... It looks like his last, I'm assuming for what this contract would have been, he appeared in the Royal Rumble 2008 at the Garden. Hmm. And then he does not have another WWE match. Oh, I'm sorry, 2012 Royal Rumble. But aside from that, the remaining matches are all Hmm. Okay. Pretty interesting. Many years from now. Yeah, that's pretty interesting stuff. Um, So continuing on with the the note here, of course, um, this is a huge blow to TNA. Uh, Besides being an entertainment 
entertaining TV character and the mainstream name of the company uh, badly lacks fully, unlike other TNA has negotiated with and used in the past. Uh, that were or are huge names like Hogan, Kevin Nash, Randy Savage, Roddy Piper, Dusty Rhodes, Sting, or Bret Hart. Uh, Foley has the current ability to elevate others and make people perceive wrestlers like Joe or AJ Styles as top-level stars. In a promotion with good matches but no mainstream stars, his value is far more significant than it would appear at first glance. Even more, there is really nobody else who could have come close to filling that role. Um, now he notes Chris Jericho, who's currently on the Fozzie tour in Australia, has said to have no interest in coming to TNA. So after all that teasing BS, uh, he's no interest. And Brock Lesnar, who legally uh, can't <laughs> at this point from coming because of his court case uh, until that's decided, are the only other comparable names not under contract, but neither would be available for the first show anyways. <coughs> I mean, I, I feel. Did we talk about if Le, like what if Lesnar came in there? I think we might have in the past, um, but that's definitely like a, a interesting conversation itself. Yeah, I mean, two thousand five would be really you know kind of maybe bizarre, but later on, if he came in, would probably make more sense. Yes, and I think that's when things might get a little bit more serious. Yeah. One one money one of his buddies comes in here uh, next year, but yeah. Um, now this is this is uh, I guess this is like a, a part two. It's I would say it's still kind of related, but it's more of this is more on the Spike TV end of this situation. Um, Spike's attitude uh, is a total one eighty from a few months back here with TNA. Now clearly based on Spike having more confidence in UFC and perhaps being more comfortable with TNA. When Spike gave up on the WWE deal, they very publicly stated they had no interest in wrestling and would not counter-program Raw on Monday nights. Well, we see how that has changed as we've talked. Yeah. Now, they're doing this whole like special situation, right, with Raw's and you know, you, um, the Ultimate Fighter and stuff. So the special is a one-time thing for now, but if it is successful, there's talk of a more frequent or perhaps even monthly Monday night specials. TNA is also pitching for Monday specials, but it's doubtful that Spike will make the move unless TNA shows rating success. However, even at midnight on a work night, just being on Monday and what figures uh, to be a strong Ultimate Fighter lead-in, although uh, Dave says that the jury is really out still to see what will happen with the ratings without Raw leading into it. Uh, it should draw higher ratings than the old Velocity time slot, where WWE was presenting some of its best matches and averaging a .5 rating. Now, although the word reached the street on September 4th, TNA was never even told it was getting the Monday night time slot by Spike until September 6th. Now, this is that 12.05. It's Monday, but it's... a rerun. Yeah. What is he talking about with huh. Velocity putting forth some of their best matches? I mean, he doesn't really elaborate on it, but... I mean, a point five. I mean... Is he trying to suggest that, like, Albert against Funaki is, like... A ratings draw or something? I don't well, know. They, they do a lot of cruiserweight stuff on there, or not really? Yeah, but it's, they did, but they're not gonna. That's probably what he's talking about. But like, yeah, come on. I know. I know. Um, now, at this point, the plan is to air the shows taped the prior Tuesday, with the first airing on Saturday night, with a Monday as a replay of that show. So, as Bob, you've already mentioned, there is already a problem with that for continuity standpoint. 
because every pay-per-view week, the show that uh, would hype up the pay-per-view being tomorrow would be out of sync with the Monday replay slot because TNA had no idea that this was coming. Uh, although they were, were talking with Spike about getting a replay slot beforehand, how to address that has, hasn't been considered yet. Uh, it would really not raise costs all that much continue to continue bi-weekly tapings uh, in Orlando and do the interviews on Monday as they've been done all summer and just tape matches on Tuesday because without the interviews, uh, if things are well-planned, you could get a taping of the four shows done in three hours. That's exactly what they currently do. Now, with two with two first run shows per week, they would be able to have more time to get the newer talent over, which is really uh, key in this company, uh, making it. As of right now, this isn't the plan, but for a lot of reasons, it makes the most sense. And the next question comes at the end of October, is the final episode of the season of Ultimate Fighter will air on October 31st, leading to the November 5th final special, which at this point is not scheduled for a Monday. On November 7th, Spike will have to decide whether to continue UFC Unleashed, which drew strong ratings for taped old shows, or to move TNA up an hour, which would help that product immensely. Pretty interesting situations Could developing. Could you imagine if they already have to change their time slot? Yeah, that would be, be <laughs> pretty quick change, huh? Something they get used to, for sure. Right. Yeah, so uh, some crazy stuff here to kick us off. A lot of Spike TV uh, information, and holy shit, that Foley note really got me. But Yeah, I didn't know anything about the Foley, having agreed. Isn't it wild? It's so wild. Um, but yeah, we have plenty more that we'll talk about during the show. Uh, I have a, a couple of interviews. Um, actually, I only have one interview of the show. Um, but also some more contract developments. Uh, someone has signed. There's someone who's signed we'll talk about. Um, as well as the future of a few of our current TNA stars. So, so you're telling me that Sting. No, I have, I have nothing about Sting today. <laughs> but do I have something about Bret Hart? I don't know. You guys got to keep listening to find oh, out. Oh, great. Bret Hart's coming in. Hey, Bret. You're nothing but a degenerate. <laughs> Just a uh, degenerate. If that is all your notes... That- then I guess it's time to get into the September 9th, 2005 edition of Impact, the go-home show before Unbreakable. Yeah, dude, that's that's it to kick us off. So Wow. Wow, I can't wait for this go-home episode. And then Unbreakable. Yeah. Unbreakable. Just like Dallas's passion for this podcast. It's that's amazing. right. Bob's like, listen, dude, I don't want to record right now, so... We're just not going to record. I say that every week. It pretty much is what happens. And then I'm like, Bob, we really got to get an episode out. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, fuck. Okay. And we'll do seven at a time. And then I think one day we should do like a get through like two months and just record like eight impacts, two pay-per-views. Well, so you say that, but Austin, I did that once. It sounds awful. We did, I think it was six shows in one day. He came over at like 10 a.m. and he left at like 7. 
or no later than that it was probably like 12 hours but we weren't doing live watches we were doing like notes and then talking about them i don't know what's worse probably taking the notes and then talking probably taking about the notes yeah taking the notes the prep that i would need to do to do five episodes at once that'd be yeah. a lot of prep yeah that'd suck yeah okay anyways the watching the wrestling probably be easy because i pretty much do that anyway right but all right, the runtime for this is approximately 45 minutes and 38 seconds. If you want to watch along with us, don't oh. yawn, but go oh. over to yeah, Impact Plus. Go head over to Impact Plus, or you can find it in your own personal collection, whichever works. We will both get the job done. I'm going to count down from three. When I say play, that is when we're going to start the show. So here we go. Three, two, one, play. This is TNA, the new face of professional wrestling. I feel like we got to drop this one, Spike. I like it, but we think we got to drop it. Yeah, I don't think they're going to keep that. Drop this part, too. Stage 21. Just drop this shit. It's not exciting that we're at Universal anymore, I don't think. No. They should just drop the whole show. Oh. We definitely need a new fucking intro. Yeah, so now with all this, uh, you know, I just thought about this. All the times that they switched networks and stuff, did they ever miss a week of TV? Well, I mean, yeah, we kind of did. Remember we had the breaks? Well, no, 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 I mean, like, in more recent, like, when they went to Destination America, they went to Pop. Oh, I don't know. Think they, I don't know. I don't think they did. Or if they did, they did. They still had something on, but it was, like, maybe a, a tape thing or something, like a um, highlight show, maybe. Um, but I think for the most part, no, not that I can think of. I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but. Okay, so we're talking about the Candido Cup tournament and oh, look at this, Bob. We are actually starting off with it. Here comes Saban and Shocker. They're so sick of dancing on the way out to the ring. Well, this would be like the third time them doing that. Yeah, the way that um, Shocker dances out to the ring, it just reminds you of like it looks like your like drunk uncle at a wedding or something. He's just like, <laughs> it's like what is he doing? <laughs> championship final time, he says here. But it's not a championship; it's the tournament. And here comes Sean Waltman and Alex Shelley. And, Bob, I do have a note about Sean Waltman. Of course you do. After a lengthy conversation with Terry Taylor on August 30th, Sean Waltman made a verbal commitment to TNA and at least indicated that he would be signing a contract. Um, So they're now making plans to book him past the pay-per-view. That's pretty exciting. Well, would you look at that? Up until that point, he hadn't been uh, booked. He'd been booked to essentially finish up at the pay-per-view. Um, he's been offered a one-year contract for eighty thousand dollars plus forty or four forty dates. Excuse me. As noted a few weeks back, money was not the big issue as much as a few of the clauses in the contract. Most notably, it's stating that wrestlers could not sue the company for injuries based on the company negligence. Not that that clause would ever hold up in court, anyways, which we've talked about. Yeah, that's insane. So he didn't like that part of it. Which, uh, yeah, why would you? Due to company negligence. 
I think that's definitely kind of a reason that you could um, sue the company, maybe. Great. Hey, man, if we just don't care, you can't sue us. Okay. Do you like that the Chris Candido cup is literally like a pasta bowl? Yeah. Or like a giant mixing bowl that they put on a trophy stand? They go all out for their trophies. Uh, I have a couple of notes here for uh, Mr. Chris Saban. He recently appeared for Pro Wrestling Gorilla. In fact, it was last weekend, the 3rd and 4th of September, uh, Battle of Los Angeles. Um, night one of that, Saban teamed up with a Disco Machine and Excalibur in a losing effort against the team of uh, Gunning for Hookers, which is Hook Bomberry and Top Gun Tallwear in the Human Tornado. And then night two... Chris Saban teamed up with Hook Bomberry and TJ Perkins to defeat Disco Machine, Excalibur, and Ronan. So. Very exciting. That's all there is for this match. Shelly and Saban starting us off here, and Shelly has a headlock on Saban, but Saban just broke out. The twist of the arm. Quick commercial break here. Who will get the tag team title shot? We're going to find out after this commercial. We're back. Welcome back. You probably could watch the uninterrupted version on Fight TV. Right? (laughs) Or no? No? Um, Like current? I don't know. No, I'm talking about it was a joke. Oh, it was like an AEW joke. Picture in picture. Yeah, um, I mean, they probably do have... Well, no, it probably is like this, even on Impact Plus, I bet you. Yeah, probably. Um, speaking of the uh, speaking of AEW, I recently purchased um, their complete run thus far of TV. Yeah, and I watched it, but... And I watched the first Dynamite, and I actually saw stuff that they would show during the commercial. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. I was so confused. I was like, I don't remember seeing this. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. He had the guy used the fight plus feed or whatever. Yeah, so you got to see the whole thing. Yeah, it's pretty good. And I was like, wow. Yeah, pretty mad about it. Uh, Shocker and Sean Waltman now. Sean Waltman takes him out with a shoulder butt. Well, you know, I was able to pay for it because, you know, I'm not getting married. So. Well, we all got dreams. Tilt World Backbreaker by Shocker. Waltman and he's gonna yank on the left arm, but a forearm by Waltman cuts him off, staggers around, finds Shelly. Shelly's climbed to the top. He leaps off, is met with a drop kick in midair. That That's just a kick gone. right in the gut. Which is gonna make me yawn. I know, I'm sorry. My coffee hasn't kicked in, I guess, even though I've pretty much drank the entire thing. Oh, what the fuck? Why is Shelly kissing the feet of Saban? Because he's saying, dude, sorry. Oh, and he just got dropped. No. Yeah, he just got it right. Saban dumped to the apron, avoids Shelly, misses a draft kick. Shelly with a drop oh. kick to knock Saban off the apron to the floor. Running head start by Shelly. Suicide dive. Nice. Taking out Saban on the floor. That's why they call this the impact zone. That's why they call it high risk. 
some reason I just got so confused. Shocker just did a cross back against Shelly, and some reason I thought he was taking his own partner out. Obviously, that's not the case. Here comes Waltman. Oh, wow. Waltman getting in on the action. I would have thought he would do a little fake out. He, he, he likes to do that little senton to the floor. Yeah, he's a high flyer. The flipping senton. A, a sensational flip dive by Waltman. Ooh, nice chop by Waltman. Chopping away on. Woo! Even in the corner. Sleeper old. You're telling me. I need more coffee. There's no reason for Dallas to be tired. He doesn't do anything all day. He just sits in a chair. That's not true. Um, They were just talking about Sonny Zaki being injured from the hands of Monty Brown on commentary from last week. Oh, Shane Douglas. We'll be talking to Monty Brown. So we will have. Did uh, they write him? Are they writing him off? They might have just wrote him off. Huh. Which is also uh, kind of fascinating because we literally have one more show and then we like don't have any for a while. Running double knee by Shelly to save in the corner, going for tornado DDT, but Saban shoves him away. Kicks in the midsection. Insiguri. <laughs> Shelly sells that. <laughs> kind of funny. Whoa, big boot by Shocker. I really do like this Waltman Shelly like team. Shocker still Ravens clothesline bulldog onto the corner move. Think you hear me knocking? I think I'm coming in. That's right. Shocker with another big boot, Shelly. What are you doing watching Hulk Hogan matches? He's going to drop the fucking big leg on him in a second. There you go. Hulk Hogan German suplex right there. Brother, brother, brother. Oh, sh- oh, oh, no. Saban, Saban. accidentally drop kicked his partner. They're going to break up. Oh, super oh, kick. Oh, that was a stiff one, too. Shocker's trying to take control of Sean Waltman now, though. And you know what this means. Look, he's up in the corner. Get ready for a low blow. See the arm? Yeah, fucking yeah, There it is. Oh, X Factor. One, two, three. There we go, man. Sean Waltman and Alex Shelley win the Chris Canito Memorial Cup tournament. See, now what's going to happen is Shocker's going to get up and he's going to be like, dude, you fucking drop kicked me and that's why we lost. And Saban can be like, no, dude, he hit the X factor and you lost. Okay, slot is filled, man. They get the shot. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why is the cup so tiny? Every it looks show- dude way- on camera. It looked massive, and it's, it's this little big. tiny trophy. Oh, that's corny as shit, dude. Yeah, I wow, they really they did good camera work on that thing. Wow, are we about to see Saban and Shocker at the pay per view now? That's what I'm thinking. Speaking of Bound for Glory, apparently Austin Aries is going to be coming back. That's what's being reported, at least. I don't know for what, but. 
Okay, Saban's trying to shake Shaker's hand. Be like, it's okay, dude. Guys, keep the camera on this. Today's yelling. And handshake. We're good. Everything's good. High fives. And backflip move. Yes. Oh, I, thought, I thought Shocker was going to close. Oh. oh. <laughs> Shocker does close line. <laughs> oh, my God. He dropped an elbow. Well, you know what, man? When you get similar to the Sean Waltman to Jerry Lynn situation, isn't it kind of fascinating that Jerry Lynn hasn't been on since that match and he won? He would have been a good veteran to put in this tournament. Yes, he would have been. You could have had a little Waltman Lynn in like a against each other in the tech. Come on, they screwed that up. Oh, he's bleeding. Well, maybe Jerry Lynn's like still like hurt or something. Could be. Shane Douglas backstage with Monty Brown now. Team with Kip James. Take on Apollo. His partner. Okay, okay, that's odd. Okay, so it's Apollo and Lance Hoyt versus Monty Brown and Kip James at Unbreakable. That's why they're getting Lance Hoyt involved in the whole thing. Yeah. Because Sonny Saki's injured. It's getting more and more dangerous here in the Serengeti. Unbreakable, you'll understand that exact statement. Rising and rising star. They're calling Lance Hoyt the rising star, by the way. That's why he's making reference to that. Oh, oh, he's like dancing. He called him a big galloping, galloping buffoon of a giraffe. Pounds. Period. Oh no, that's how you're supposed to end with it. Yeah, why would you keep cutting? But the period ends it. With Kip, we will destroy and dominate you, Lance Hoyt, and Apollo. He had to add that in. And Apollo. Crowd will be chanting Hoyt, 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 and Lance Jewel will be getting hurt, hurt, hurt. Oh, he's going to do it again. Wait. Oh, pounds. Period. Okay, so he still ended with it. We did twice. Okay, we're back from commercial, and Shane Douglas is with Christopher Daniels, our exhibition champion. He was dressed very uh, much in formal attire. Yeah. It's a gospel, according to the fallen angel. He, he's doing that whisper thing again. The seconds tick away to a grand unveiling on Spike TV. The fans want to know. They need to know. Who will step up? Who will be our shining light? We'll be teenage saving grace. We'll be the guitar carrying trickster Jeff Jarrett. We'll be the real definition of animal instinct Monty Brown. The man beast rhino. The moral reprobate raven. The answer is this. 
The man who holds that responsibility, that bears that burden, who carries that cross, that man is me. And me alone, the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. Now more than ever, I am Mr. TNA. My heart has six sides and it beats internally. TNA, TNA, TNA. Spike TV, they know this. Spike TV's banking on it. He poses a question here for Unbreakable to AJ Styles. Into the irresistible island force Samoa Joe. Do either of you actually believe in your heart of hearts that you are the man to curb his desire or bend his will? This is long. Or break his spirit? Oh. This is a very long promo. And I say, and I say again, that that will never happen. When I walk my righteous path, I will not. He will not be deterred. He will not die. He will show each and every one of us his desire, his will, his spirit is unbreakable. Wow, that was a very long promo. It's good, but it was very long. Here comes Sharkboy. Um, I was going to tell you, um, but, but after Monty Brown, but Kip James was on the Wrestle Talk Radio, where he said TNA was great, and unlike WWE, which had bad finishes, nonsensical storylines, and was so bad that they had to wheel out children for shock value. You what? He just said TNA was great, unlike WWE, for all of those reasons. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh, Sharp Boy's about to die. Here comes Mojo. Speaking of Shark Boy, uh, Sanjay Dutt, Shark Boy, and Simon Diamond are being sent to India on September 20th for a promotional tour. No further details. I feel like this match is not going to be as long as Christopher Daniels' uh, promo. No. Although, I guess you never know. I mean, Shark Boy could. Uh... You, he did shock us last week, I gotta say. Yeah, he did beat Christopher Daniels. Oh, see, here we go. Shark Boy's getting a few uh, right hands in. He comes off the ropes, and there you go. Atomic drop by Samoa Joe, and he comes off the ropes. Okay, shiny wizard. What if that was that? He won with the shiny wizard. Uh, I ha I guess I have a couple of notes here for okay. Samoa Joe. I don't remember where I left off with him, but uh, back on August 20th, Samoa Joe defeated Christopher Daniels to retain the Ring of Honor Pure title at Night of Grudges 2. And then on August 26th, he defeated AJ Styles for IWC at the Summer Sizzler 2. August 27th, Samoa Joe lost the Pure title the Ring of Honor Pure title to Nigel McGuinness at really? Ring of Honor's Dragon Gate Invasion. 
And then here's an interesting match that happened. I'm not going to tell you the result until um, the next time I do it, but he's about to destroy Muscle Buster here. And see. And locks in the choke. And Coquina Clutch. And taps out. All right. So tomorrow, on September 10th, 2005, Jersey All Pro Wrestling has a show in Rahway, New Jersey. And Samoa Joe is scheduled to compete against Rhino. Oh. So. The day before, they both have some big Unbreakable matches. That's pretty interesting. Yep. Yep, yep. Okay, so Samoa Joe won that one. There was some interesting stuff there. Shark Boy countered, like, the face wash, like the boot, which I thought was interesting. And then he bit the foot. Um, but now here comes Eric Young and A1. Showtime, Eric Young. Have they called him Showtime already before? I don't know if I've caught on to that or not. I think they have. Okay. Oh, Jeff Hardy is praising Canada. That face paint is awful. Yeah, that is really bad. I thought I, they were bleeding. Ireland forever. Wow. Oh. So what happens when we bring in park fans. Look <laughs> at the A1 sign. Someone this is AMW, and I would assume, yeah, I had a guess that it was going to be Chris Harris with James Storm ringside. I am real curious how this match is about to go. The Wildcat. He's got the handcuffs. He's got black wrist tape. I don't know, dude. Find the defendant guilty. Um, TNA is actually working working on finalizing a video game deal at this point in time, which is pretty sweet. Video game, you said? Yeah. Wait, there's more people? Oh, it's a yeah. little preview of the match. Triple Andy Douglas now. Singles, it's a little preview of our uh, tag team. Well, it's a four-way at the pay-per-view, but... I don't know when there's going to be a better time for it. So speaking of tag teams, we got three of the best in TNA here in the ring, but everything seems to be on the path of a Jeff Hardy-Ron Killings as a tag team for the future. So it appears all is smooth over regarding Killings. Now, Killings didn't want to do, uh, get lost in the shuffle if and when Three Life Crew was broken up. We've talked about this very recently. There was some very controversial things being said. Uh, he had the argument with Jeff Jarrett, who seemed negative on the proposal. It's basically guys looking out for themselves because everyone knows that no matter what he does, whether he gets over or not, or for political reasons and other reasons having to do with uh, with being close with Jarrett, Hardy will always be kept strong and, in fact, stronger than you can imagine. So being hooked up with Hardy should guarantee killings both TV time and a push. Uh, it's also being noted that Conan is probably going to be okay as well because guess what, Bob? They've approved bringing him Homicide as Conan requested for a new Hispanic heel group that would also include Shocker and Apollo. Well, I guess that would explain Shocker's behavior. Oh, yeah. Deccan Chris Saban. Yes, it does. Wow, that's a really great point. I like that. And now, you know what? Now we got to watch out for Apollo at Unbreakable Hoyt. That's why they maybe took away Siaki. Oh, this is all making sense now. 
Harris uh, with a clothesline on Andy Douglas here in the ring. Eric Young getting back into the ring with a shoulder block and slips underneath the legs of Harris. Oh, here you go. Chris Sabin, Chakra, Unbreakable. We got to be almost got the complete card for Unbreakable, right? Probably, yeah. Probably the I haven't looked at it, but. I'd have to think so at this point. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. James Storm attacking A1, but then Chase Stevens attacking James Storm. Remember, they fought last week. And... Oh, Rudy is throwing everyone out. We're trying to have a three-way dance, and unfortunately, everyone's out here fucking around. Oh, here comes Andrew Thomas. He's going to stop him. No, Andrew Thomas is a freaking magnet for getting hit in the face, so he'll probably get super kicked. Look, here comes Slick. What does Slick want? We got every referee out here. Now look at this. Waltman and Shelly working on strategy while they're watching this match with all these teams fall apart. They're watching it normally. With the cup on top of the TV, I like that. Nice little touch. I like that because they showed that they were actually watching it on the screen. They yeah. weren't faking the. Oh, Young sends Harris into the ring post. Drops Douglas over the top row from the apron. Now it gets in there. Clothesline. The Nationals' Andy Douglas is just getting beat up right now. Eric Young takes Harris off the apron. He gets pushed right into the guardrail there. EY's got him up in a fireman's carry. What's he going to do? I don't know what he's doing with that leg. Good. Defied. Modified defied. Kind of, yeah. yeah. But he only gets a two count. Oh, here comes Harris, though, again. A scoop. <laughs> they're chanting pussycat at Chris Harris. Oh, is that what they're saying? Yeah. Instead of wildcat, yeah. they're saying pussycat. Jesus. Mm. Huge elbow drop. Elbow drop. Off the top by Eric Young. One, two. Oh, Harris kicks out. My favorite thing is that Eric Young came back. Is kind of like a baby face in uh, Impact now in 2023. Mm-hmm. And he was like doing the Team Canada with Scott Demore. And now he's just like a badass guy again. But I guess he's still technically kind of like a face. It's really weird. Don't worry. They, like, they yeah, showed so that like, he didn't actually die. Yeah, so that. he's like a badass again? Yeah, he's got like scary mask on and comes out to like in the dark and all that kind of stuff. So you can't be a babyface doing that? Well, you can, I guess. I just, it's just it's weird. This is like mean, like violent Eric Young. I liked, him, uh, I liked him the most as part of uh, World, World Elite. 
I'm not I'm not saying nothing about that. What do you mean? I like when he married uh, ODB inside of a six sides of steel in their underwear. Yeah. Nice missile drop kick by Eric Young. Taking out Andy Douglas as Harris sidestepped, and it looks like Harris is going to hit catatonic on Eric Young. Is he going to get him? He got it's him. A three. Okay. Nice. Not a big pop here for Harris. They are so turning heel. This is ridiculous. Look at his face. You can just see. Just do it. He's looking at the titles. Walt uh, looking of Eric Young. Yeah. Now he was like a silly guy, right? Yeah. For a while. Mm-hmm. Did they how do they make him into a serious character? Well, I think he left and he went to WWE and Sanvi and then he kind of turned that way and then he came back and he no, was no, no, no. No. I'm talking about like two thousand nine, two thousand ten. He wasn't serious then. There was a time when he was a serious character. I don't remember that. World Elite. I I barely remember that shit. Uh, Elix Skipper coming out here with Simon Diamond, newest member of Diamonds in the Rough. I don't like that they're making Skipper look like a jabroni again. Yeah, I'm not really... Because he was, like, on the rise again, right? Getting big wins and stuff. Seemed like he was a viable X Division contender for the yeah. title. And, like, now he's just, like, losing again? Here comes uh, Sanjay Dutt, yeah. who's coming out to Apollo's theme. Could someone explain that to me? <laughs> Why is he coming out to Apollo's? I don't... Or, no, that's Siaki's. Well, yeah, Apollo, Siaki, same thing. What the fuck? Okay, Skipper literally hits a spin kick immediately. Oh, Match just started. Like, what the fuck is happening? Is so weird. Yeah, this is odd. Whatever. Um, so, Bob, uh, unfortunately, while there has been talk about Bret Hart appearing on the October 1st show, or at least TNA wanted it to happen, well, Dave says that's not happening. Hmm. Doesn't elaborate. He just goes, that isn't happening. <laughs> So don't want you to get your hopes up there, but it's just not. I am incredibly shocked. I can't believe that. I know. Sanjay Jack gets thrown to the floor by Skipper here. However, I do have um, a pretty interesting note here about someone who signed. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. It is official that debuting in a prominent role on the September 27th taping, which is the beginning of the Spike TV era, Gail Kim has signed. With TNA? With TNA. I don't know what that means as a prominent role because we do not have a women's division. Yeah, you were just saying how that's not even... Yeah. Now, there's a... Ooh, look at that counter by Dutt landing on his feet. Whips uh, Skipper into the corner here. Step up kick. Hold on, he's picking up fire. I have another addition to this, but... Oh, belly to belly, overhead belly to belly, suplex by Skipper, nice. Now, another deal that's not officially complete, but is expected, is to bring in Jackie Gata. Uh, and this is because management wanted a more uh, more of a women's presence on the television shows. 
Now, she won't be appearing on the first show because her 90-day non-compete won't be up until a week or two after the first set of tapings. And Dave also says that he wouldn't be shocked to see Jazz used as well. So there's potential of bringing a lot of uh, women talent here. Well, when you have zero and you go to three, that's pretty big uh, increase. Yeah, because Tracy's not even on right now. I like I like Jazz. That would, that would make sense. Yeah, I feel like Jackie Gate is the only one that I don't really have like a strong opinion on. Well, I mean, in WWE, all she really did was have like the worst match ever on Raw, mm. and then she managed um, Rico. Whoa, that's a throw! I forgot about that. Wow, look at that! Oh, that was a awesome like step up Hurricane Rana on. Yeah, the, like, she married super. Charlie Haas. I knew that. Nice moonsault by Dunn. Goes for a cover. Oh, by the way, that was my final note for today's show. Hmm. Not really as hard-hitting as I was expecting. No, this one wasn't. The Gelkin was probably the bigger thing here, but... Yeah. Oh, Dutt pushed off the top rope by Simon Diamond. Is he going to go for play of the day? No. No, Dave Young's David Young. Spinebuster. Wow. Cheating. Yeah, this doesn't seem fair. Oh, yeah, was going was overdrive. No, sudden death. Sudden death. Excuse me. There you go. Say my name, baby. He's on the up again, guys. Good for prime time. Time is it? Prime time. Took some effort into that sign. Glitter and everything. Jeff Jarrett being interviewed backstage by Shane Douglas. Days away. Why is he wearing his grandma's shirt? That's a great question. Jarrett is not scheduled to compete at Unbreakable. Whoa. What? What's Jenny trying to do? Replace everyone? <laughs> By the time we get to Spike TV, none of us will be around. I'm the one responsible for Fox Force. Well, he's taking um, responsibility for the deal, and he's telling everybody we're all going to get fired before we're on the show. Yeah. So why would he say I'm responsible for everybody getting fired? Oh, Jarrett is not happy, though. Okay, Bob, it's main event time. Yeah, and I only have any notes for Sabu and uh, Rhino, and they only have, like, one both. So on for Sabu, on September 6th, he lost to Too Tough Tony in a double tables oh. match for IWA East Coast in South Charleston, West Virginia. Wow. Um, yeah, so that's a thing. Not really a lot of people on that show. Uh, and then Rhino. Uh, now, I believe you talked about Russell Reunion last episode, right? Yes. Or what so I believe that, was. I'm pretty sure it was. 
Yeah, so that was on August 27th. So Matt uh, Rhino teamed up with Matt Hardy in a losing effort against Team 3D, where I guess uh, Bubba Ray went by BRD, which would be oh Bubba God. Ray Dudley. In uh, obviously Dion, that match went 19 minutes. Holy shit! Uh, there was 500 people in attendance. For that oh, see, at the whole thing, I have it says that there's like about a thousand who were. It must have been maybe at a fan thing, like a fan yeah. convention. Yeah, probably a convention. What what other matches happened on that? I'm curious. So that's what I'm looking at right now. Oh, okay. Uh, Larry Sabisco with Ivan Kolhov defeated Diamond Dallas Page with Bruno San Martino in nine minutes. So he did wrestle. San Martino was a manager. Oh, okay, okay. So was Koloff. They were just managers. Oh, okay, okay. I thought that was a tag match. No, 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 no. Zabisco versus DDP in the single sounds awful. Yeah. Uh, there was an eight-man tag where D'Lo Brown... Dusty Rhodes, the Blue Meanie, and Tom Pritchard defeated Andrew Martin, who was Test, Matt Bourne, who was Doink the Clown, Steve Carino, and the Masked Superstar in 15 minutes. I don't know about that show, man. And then there was another, I guess really only other match of note here, was the Midnight Express, which is Bobby Eaton, Dennis Condry, and Stan Lane, defeated Mick Foley, Dory Funk Jr., and Terry Funk. With Bobby Heenan as their manager, Jim Cornette managing the Midnight Express. Oh wow, that's a weird one. Uh, this tag match has uh, Raven was finishing his entrance during the commercial, and we came back and the match has started. Cebu took a bis to the floor, and Raven and Rhino are brawling somewhere else. Oh, they're right there. Okay, Raven's wearing jean shorts. In case anyone's wondering. Cebu with a flip to the floor, taking out both Abyss and Rhino. On paper, if it's a tag team match, but they're not wrestling on paper. They're wrestling on canvas. Oh, here comes the snot rag. Great. I don't like that. Why does he do that? I don't. Because, like, for what? You don't think if I were to blow snot into a rag and I rubbed in your face, it's not going to just make you take you out of the loop? Well, yeah, but. Well, they do. The springboard. Leg takeout. Oh, stood on the middle rope and did a front flip leg drop. Camel clutch. Not fully applied. Not a full one. He goes and tags Raven back in. James Mitchell trying to get in. Now Abyss just took Raven. Okay, so Rudy did not see that tag, I don't think. Biss thrown Raven against the guardrail. And Rhino's just stomping the shit out of Raven now. The man that he'll be competing against. Correct. And now he already technically has a pinfall victory over him. Which is probably the more interesting part of this. He's like an actual viable contender because he's already pinned him before. Now he might have gored him through a table. So what? Uh, yeah, who's keeping count? We try to, but. 
Oh, he's choking Raven in the corner. Now he's doing it with his boot. Get him, Rhino. You're going to be the next NWA world champion. And I know it. Here comes Abyss. And he stomps on Raven just casually. And now he's going to choke him out. Now you'll remember uh, Abyss failed to defeat Raven at No Surrender in the No Surrender Dog Collar match. Right. Scored by Rhino. Abyss making a Rhino, the legal man here. Oh, going to a suplex, but Raven countered, hit Rhino with a suplex instead. We are 39 minutes and 55 seconds into the show. Uh, very little remaining. Yeah, just five minutes and 36 seconds now. I can't believe Jared's not on Unbreakable. That's so weird. I'm uh, sure he will be all over it, but. Yeah, I mean, the title picture is kind of uh, set right now. So Jared's not one to compete on the lower lower card. Yeah, that's true. Donald's really talking about the loogie that Rhino just spit at Cebu. That's a really huge loogie, man. <laughs> you know really? who has absolutely disgusting loogies? Who's that? Sammy Callahan. Oh, yeah. Ugh. I especially love it when he spits in his hand and, and then, then lets it dangle drip. back into his mouth. Uh. It's absolutely disgusting. I liked him a lot more before he thought it was a big shot after he left WWE. Yeah, he fizzled out of uh, NXT. Uh, Raven is in a headlock, but he's slowly breaking out of it. There we go. A little jawbreaker on Rhino. Do you think he's like an impact guy forever? Yes. Really? Yep. Why is that? I just don't see him going up higher than that. Mm. And I think he fits well in Impact. Someone who I'm surprised um, has apparently signed a, one of the longest TNA contracts in history uh, is Moose. How long of a contract is it? They have not said, but it is apparently like a historically long contract, like the longest that anyone has signed in TNA. Really? Um, but if it works, it works, you know? Well, I feel like the only reason why he doesn't get. Yeah, you I know exactly what this is. A yes. WWE deal is because of his domestic. Uh, right. Situation years ago. Um. I think Brian Myers is probably sticking with Impact for a while as well. I think he's pretty happy there with the way the schedule works. Um, who else do they got that I could see sticking around? Eddie Edwards. Edwards is an Impact guy. I wish he would go somewhere else. 
Uh, I think he easily could. Josh Alexander, I could see eventually. He's also resigned, but I could see him eventually kind of going somewhere too. Ravens down on the mat. Abyss going to the middle rope, going for a leg drop, and Raven moving out of the way. So Abyss's butthole has splatted on the mat. And here comes Sabu. He's got a steel chair. Hits Abyss with it. And of course, we're just allowing this now? Yes, because it's Sabu. It's allowed. Referee's discretion. Whoa. Hmm. Takes Abyss out to the floor with a clothesline leaping off the chair. Dropped oh. toehold to Rhino on the chair by Raven. Sabu, triple jump. Okay, he just jumps, literally just jumped on him to the floor. I thought for a second he was going to try to do a moonsault, but Rhino was way too far away. Oh. Crouch chain. I just have a feeling this might end in a no contest of like just everyone all over the place, but I, I wouldn't don't be surprised. Oh, Gore! Rhino Gore! just bored abyss, but he doesn't seem to really care about that. That was kind of nice because Raven was going for the discus like clothesline and he stepped sidestepped for the gore. Yeah. Here comes Sabu off the top of the chair. Raven face buster. Maybe I left us wrong. Looks like they're about to pin Abyss. Holy Sabu shit. pins Abyss. What the fuck? Wow. Wow. Wow is an understatement there. Now Rhino's pissed. He just kicked Raven. He's going for the gore Sabu. There he is. Now Raven's going after Rhino. We are all over the place here at the end. Oh my god, he went for the bulldog out of the corner with Rhino and Abyss. He big booted him. Oh, he's choking him with the chair now. And now it's Rhino's turn. He's hitting Raven in the back with the chair as Abyss goes after Sabu. Is Abyss not going to be like, yo, dude, you gored me? No, he knew it was an accident. I don't know. He did. Abyss he knew it was an smart. accident, man. I feel like he tends to not know. Oh, I guess they're fine. That's it right here. And we go off the air. What did you think of that episode? Uh, I enjoyed that more than last week. I did too. Thumbs up from me. Yeah, I get a thumbs up. And once again, that is our go home episode before Unbreakable, which our episode is dropping in just two days. It's just pretty crazy to think about. Yeah. Um, and it's looking uh, pretty good on paper, I would say. We have Rhino, Rhino versus Raven for the NWA World Heavyweight title. We have Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe in a three-way X-Division title match. What else we got? Abyss and Sabu. I mean, we're just all over the place, man. Yeah, and of course we have a four-way elimination match for the tag team titles also. Yes, the tag team one. That's a big one. And then a bunch of other miscellaneous things like Apollo and Lance Hoyt versus Kip James and Monty Brown. Um, apparently Austin Aries is coming back, we've heard. Yeah. Um, I do believe we are aware of the um, Jeff Hardy-Bobby Roode match. 
If not, you are now. I don't know if I knew that. I feel like they mentioned it. Um, the one episode where he's hanging upside down, the first one of the taping, I think that's where they mentioned it. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but regardless, um, it's shaving up to be a pretty uh, decent pay-per-view, and I'm definitely well, and looking sh- forward and, to it. Uh, Shocker and Chris Saban, we can't forget that. Right, Shocker, Chris Saban. I think that's all that's been publicized, really. Yeah, I think so. And, I mean, officially, the internet is done. We're done on the internet. I'll be honest, Bob. I thought this was going to feel like it dragged on a little longer than it did. So this wasn't this was not bad. No, they went from what, May to September? Yeah, I thought this was going to be like a dreadful few months for us, but it really wasn't. Yeah. I mean, a lot of big stuff has happened, so. But yeah, Unbreakable coming up two days. We will discuss our bonus episodes that we will be covering over the weeks in between. Until October 1st, we debut on Spike TV. And of course, October 23rd, the Big Bound for Glory show is finally happening. And something tells me it's going to be a big one. I would have to think so. Me too. Every Impact show is big. You're fucking damn right it is, dude. That's the shit I've been waiting for you to say. (laughs) That's what I've been waiting for. You just have to tune into every show and find out what's going to happen. That's damn right you do. Uh, All right. Well, our next show is Unbreakable. And anytime it's a pay-per-view, I am always looking forward to it. Dallas, you got anything else for this week's episode or what? No, man. That uh, that covers it for this episode. This has been um, a good time, as it always is. And I think Unbreakable is going to be a lot of fun. You guys are not going to want to miss that episode. No, you're not. And it's just in two measly days. So until then... For Dallas Gridley, I am Bob Gunning Jr., and this has been the TNA Crossline Podcast.